0: Pour yourself a cold one.
1: They strike them, huh?
0: And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. March Madness is still going on, which means there are still ridiculous deals. Just make sure you use the code Ross at DraftKings Sportsbook or the DraftKings DFS app. That's the key. Use the code Ross and enjoy college troops. We're talking college football players and the draft. Jeez, what are we now, like five weeks away from the NFL draft? Last week, we talked about the offensive tackles and tackles that might end up being guards this week, we're talking about the guys that we know are going to be interior offensive linemen and where they stack up. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Wish I got a chance to study these guys as much as these guys do. Guys like Emery Hunt and Brandon Thorne. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. He is at Brandon Thorne NFL. The star of the show. It's Emery and has been since Emery came aboard at F game plan on Twitter, football game plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Brandon, we talked about it briefly last week, but you also have uh, your own site now that people can check out your different O line content, whether it's college or the pros.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you could go to trenchwarfare.substack.com. And, yeah, it's a newsletter that people can type in their email and get my articles uh, weekly sent to their inbox. And it's going well so far. I'm excited. It's cool to be able to direct the content and, you know, write what I want to write. Um, and to be able to just focus on line play I think is, is really cool. And, you know, so far it's, it's going pretty well. So I'm, I'm pleased with it.
0: Well, let's get to these guards and centers. Some people will say that guys that are guard centers – Happen to be the most athletic, smart, handsome, gregarious, unbelievable personality of any human beings on the planet. Some people said that, not me, but some people say that, uh, let's get to the guards. Um, I'm going to do Emery. I'll, I'll just read off your rankings, Emery. Although I will say this, get the draft guide, football slash 2021 draft guide. But, uh, Emory's top 10 guards. Number one, Aaron Banks, Notre Dame. Two, Tristan Hodge, BYU. Three, Elijah Vera Tucker, USC. Four, Robert Jones, Middle Tennessee State. Interesting. Five, Wyatt Davis, Ohio State. Six, Royce Newman, Ole Miss. Seven, Deontay Brown, Alabama. Eight, Ben Cleveland, Georgia. Nine, Trey Smith, Tennessee. Ten, David Moore, Grambling. Let's start uh with
1: Aaron Banks, Emery. He is a big boy. Listen, like blocks out the sun type lineman. You know, when you're out there, you're like, dude, this he gets taller and bigger every every play. It's like by the fourth quarter, it's the biggest dude on the field. But by you know, despite him being that big, the dude has a lot of athleticism. And that's what I love about his game. He's a powerful point of attack player. He destroys linemen in the run game. Um, and, you know, (laughs) dudes that try to rush, you know, rush the passer, once he gets you and and you don't have a counter, it's pretty much dead in the water. So I think he's good on both ends of offense. He's a dominant, you know, player. I think he's a plug-and-play guy uh, from day one.
2: Brandon, who's your number one ranked guard? Guard? So not not centers, right, just guards? Right, just guard. Um, Right now, I mean, it's a Vera Tucker. So... Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I saw a lot of Joe Bentonio's game with him. Um, so I think, you know, for him, I think his weight distribution, his ability to play balanced and on a strong base consistently uh, was very impressive. Um, he's very fluid. Um, and for being, you know, as big as he is and just having the frame that he has, I mean, I think he's 315, you know, 6'4, 315 or so, 320. Um, but he plays big. Um, And, I I mean, I loved his hands and pass protection. Um, You know, I think he anchors really well. He gets his second step in the ground very quickly as a run blocker, and he's able to generate some good movement at the point of attack. I think he has, you know, really good grip strength to sustain blocks. I mean, he's aggressive and physical, you know, on a snap-to-snap basis as well. Um, You know, he played guard in 2019, left guard, played left tackle in 2020. So he showed that he's able to play tackle, uh, but I just saw a more smooth transition inside. I liked his nineteen tape all in all i just I just think that was more translatable to the pro game. Um, he only has twenty starts, but I thought he's one of the more polished guys in the draft. Uh, so that was you know he, you know that was really uh, intriguing. normally when you you know have a guy with twenty or less starts they're not super polished, but <clears throat> when you watch him on tape, I think he is that and he's only gonna be twenty two um, you know I think in June. so you know, he's the guy that I, I'm, I'm very high on. He has a, you know, first-round grade for me and somebody I think's plug-and-play type. Six four three twenty, last name
0: Tucker, really athletic, great. I mean, this is sounding familiar, except for all the other positive things you said about him, about his athleticism and hands. That That was not me. That's interesting, though. Um, I do like the guys that have shown they can play both guard and tackle. And you think about the Sheriffs and the Zach Martins and Betonios that, you know, if you can play tackle at a high level and then slide into guard, that's usually a pretty good sign. Uh, let's get to some other guys that jump out to me. I, I want to get your opinion. I think it's interesting that, Emory, you have Wyatt Davis from Ohio State number 5 it feels like this is a guy that should have turned pro last year. It, you know, everything I've read, it seems like maybe his game took a step back this year a little bit, Emory.
1: Yeah, one of many Buckeyes who had that same issue, uh, especially when you talk about out there at the corner position. Um, but I think Wyatt Davis, it, it's again, I, we talked about it last week with a guy like Penesul, uh, how one name gets thrown out there initially and you kind of, ride that evaluation through, or that name k- tends to carry a lot of water going through the evaluation. And I felt like Wyatt Davis was the same, but when you watch them, you just like, you know, okay, th- there are some, you know, I could see why people like him, but then you saw a lot of inconsistency with this game, he, especially with the footwork and uh hand, you just at time gets all over the place. And I just didn't, I didn't think he had the level of consistency of someone that you take in the first round. So day two, you know, second round player, in my opinion, um, because the consistency just wasn't there from down to down. It wasn't as dominant as his name was uh, during the whole draft cycle. So, just when I watched him, good player. Uh, I can understand someone takes him in the late first round, but to me, I would take him in, in round two. Did you get a chance to watch Davis yet, Brandon?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I watched Davis. Um, I think there's certainly something there about 2019 being better than 2020. Uh, I think he had a knee injury that he was dealing with most of last season and I, which would make some sense to me because I think he did look like, you know, quite a different player in 2019 compared to 2020. So, you know, that's, it's going to be kind of a tricky thing to to evaluate there and, and determine, you know, what, which, which guy you're getting. But I, I think if that knee injury is legit, which I he- I've heard it is, um, you know, then you could probably, you know, bank more on the 2019 side of things, and I and I kind of did. I, I still have a second-round grade on him, though. I'm not, you know, maybe as high as, as some. Um, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Allen, um, if you remember him from the Chiefs, like when Jeff Allen was, you know, younger and not, you know, decimated by injury like he eventually got. But I think Davis is a physical tone setter, um, you know, on, on the interior. I think he, he has the length and the anchor to, to play early. Um, I really like his ability to anchor and pass protection. You don't see that a whole lot quite as well as he's able to set firm pockets. I think that that's going to be his kind of his calling call card early. I think his footwork needs work, um, and weight distribution and stuff like that. He can get, he can lean into blocks and, you know, just get his head over his toes a little bit too much. And, you know, he, so I think he, he can do a better job um, in that regard. But I think, you know, and I liked his hands actually as well. I think his feet are more of an issue to me. But but I think he has the demeanor, the play strength, and the skill set to excel um, pretty early. But I, like I said, I think the footwork's going to need some work. And, um, yeah, but, I, I mean, I, I liked him. I, I didn't love him, but I like him. So another guy
0: that should have left school early, I guess, is Trey Smith from Tennessee. Like, I I don't know. Look, I don't – I mean, I watch college football on TV, and I prep for the games I'm calling for CBS. But I don't get a chance to go through like Emery and Brandon do and actually get a chance to break these guys down. But Emory, I remember this guy as a true freshman murdering people. And I'm thinking, like, this guy is, like, going to be Larry Allen. I love this dude.
1: What happened to him, Emory? Well, he had the big health scare. You know, and you know it was great to see him be able to get back out there and play. But you're right; his first year was was ridiculous. And I think a lot of times, um, guys that are able to hit the ground running at certain positions and dominate, uh, we kind of have that memory in our heads. And that you know, but maybe they really maxed out at that. You know what we saw initially, and they didn't really grow, but they kind of sustained. Um, and I think that's what happened with him, but again, he had the big health scare uh, at at Tennessee. To be honest, he finishes Tennessee's arguably in their history the most accomplished o lineman in in their program, you know. And and that says a lot considering the amount of dudes he had, you know, come through uh, that ball's program. But I I just think that he's a he's obviously guard all day long. Um, maybe someone, if I had to throw a comparison out there, Ben Grubbs like you know, on the interior, someone that's just powerful and just really just moves guys out, out off the spot. Uh, but just athletically, I think he's he's just okay. But, you know, so that's where I had the issues with him. But you're right, his, his tape was early on was dominant. But I think the health issue that happened, uh, I, if, I think it was a heart condition or something like that or something um, that was serious that almost threatened to not allow him to get back out there on the field. Uh, but he was able to go back out there, play well, be healthy, and, and do things uh, as he was able to normally do. Brandon, what I, I, what what happened that he kind of dropped off? I mean, people were talking about
0: him like a top fifteen pick a year ago.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you can't really overstate the the health stuff. You know, that threw him off. I think it was blood clots um, that he had, uh, so he he had to sit out uh, for a year, I believe. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, so that, you know, obviously threw a wrench in his development. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I do think, again, 2019 was better than 2020 for him. Um, But, you know, when I watch him on tape, I see, honestly, when it clicks for him, it's really special. Uh, You know, I think he's one of the most physically gifted linemen in the draft. I think if you drew up a a guard in the NFL that most people would want um, in terms of physical Traits. I think he is probably close to the prototype, just in terms of height, weight, length, frame, build. That type of stuff is just perfect. So he looks the part, but um, his footwork and, you know, I think contact balance and his aiming points in the run game are all over the place, and he's on the ground way too much uh, for a guy, you know, as talented as he is. I mean, at least five, six times a tape. He's on the ground, you know, because he couldn't sustain. He gets thrown off or he just misses. Um, so it's like it's that really hot and cold kind of prospect um, that, you know, kind of boom or bust, I guess you could say in some regards. Uh, but, you know, it's just I think situation is going to be huge for him. I mean, he he needs to go to a, a, a proven developer of talent as an offensive line coach, Mike Munchak, Bill Callahan, somebody like that, and maybe sit for a year, you know, be in the program that type of thing, and then you could have a very good starter uh, down the line. But considering the uh, the bottoming out potential there, I had him as a round three guy, and that might be a little high. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I can't see a guy with that talent getting out of the end of day two, but maybe it happens. I don't know. But um, yeah. So that's why where I valued him. It was tricky though because of what what, what we're talking about. Um, so definitely a complex evaluation, but. You know, I, I saw him as like a Luis Vasquez, you know, Roger Saffold, I think is high end, um, you know, if he really, you know, fills, you know, those gaps in his game, you know, Bobby Williams is an older guy. Um, and I I like the one that Emery threw out there, Ben Grubbs. So, you know, you see that archetype there with him, but he, he has a ways to go, I think, with his footwork and his technique.
0: If there's one more guard, Emery that you wanted to talk about, uh, who would it be?
1: Newman or Brown or Cleveland
0: or any of these guys.
1: Tristan Hodge, period. Like then you realize he went to Notre Dame. It's like, all right, it all makes sense. Notre Dame has the monopoly on great offensive linemen, but Hodge, when you watch BYU again, hands stayed inside. They were consistent. He's very technically sound. Um, The run game is where you notice him even more. So with the amount of big plays that came right off his butt with Algier, um, And so he's dominant on that end. He's really good uh, as a pass protector. And again, that's why Zach Wilson had all day to throw. And the fact of the matter is, the guy was, you know, he dealt with injury. um, He had dealt with COVID issues and still was able to go out there and dominate. Um, I don't think he gets talked about enough. And so his tape to me was was clean, consistent. um, And it was hard to to really keep him uh, at the number one spot. But Banks was just... Like he held it for a long time until I watched Banks. So it's like I watched Hodge first, and then I watched Banks. And I was like, all right, Banks gets the number one spot in my opinion. But Hodge is excellent in my in my opinion.
0: How about you, Brandon? Are these other guys that we didn't get to yet? It could be Newman or Brown or Cleveland. Is is there a guy that you want to chime in on?
2: All three of those names right there are intriguing to me. But a guy that maybe has a lesser name profiled and those guys and, you know, is, is Royce Newman. Um, and I, I really liked his tape in 2020. I think he played left guard in 2019. I watched one game there in the 2020 right tackle. Uh, and the first game was rough. Um, you know, you could see him trying to settle in and, you know, so it was, you know, I think if people watch that and that's it, they'll see a totally different player than you will at the end of the year where he showed steady improvement throughout the season um, in 2020, and I, th- I really like seeing that as a prospect. Um, but, I mean, I think he has very good athletic ability. His quickness out of his stance is eye-catching. Um, he's very good at anticipating the s- snap and also having very good quickness. Um, so he's consistently the first guy moving off the ball, and I think that gives him a leg up in the run game and the pass game a lot of the time. So he's able to beat guys to the spot, you know, pretty consistently, um, and I think that that will translate well inside. Um, you know, it doesn't have really the, the physical dimensions and traits that you would want probably for a tackle, but uh, so that's why I think, you know, we all agree he's probably a guard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he has some really nice technique with his hands that he was starting to use later in the year. He faced good competition as well, which is, you know, always great and kind of reassuring when you're watching a guy on tape to see him against Sunday players actually perform and you know go toe to toe with them and get the better of them. that's always you know comforting I think so he you know the the dude from Vanderbilt you know that was a he, he had some trouble with him with his length, but still he was able to do some things um and i' I'm, it's, it's escaping me another uh, tape that I really liked of him but but either way, I really like him he he's added seventy pounds since he got to Ole miss um so I think he has a very athletic background. Um, you know, and he's able to, you know, add that amount of weight and still keep it, you know, he's going to be 24 years old as a rookie. Um, You know, that, that's not a huge deal to me because he is, I think pretty, you know, ready to contribute right away, but just a uh, kind of another note there. But yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot and I think he's, a, he's going to be really good value, you know, maybe later in the draft. Let's
0: get to the centers and Emory, uh, your number one ranked guy is Josh Myers from
1: Ohio state. Yeah. This dude has, great, you know, functional power, uh, core strength, A-plus recognition skills for the position. So he doesn't get fooled. You don't see him get walked back. Uh, I think he's always in position to make to execute a block, and that's whether it's in a downhill run game, zone game, screen game, dude can get out there on the move. So for me, you know, when you're able to do all those things very well at that position, I love centers that can get out there on the move because it just opens up your offense a little bit more. So it kind of reminds me of those 49er teams that were able to pull guards and pull centers and get those guys out on the move. Um, And I see a lot of that with Josh Myers out of Ohio State.
0: So I know, Brandon, because I follow you on Twitter, I know you love Landon Dickerson from Alabama. And you've kind of made me love him too, watching some of the highlight clips that you post and just the kind of guy he is. Uh, Love his physicality. Love all those things. Is there a concern Brandon? He's what like 66328, is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's. So,
0: so my question is, did you see anything on tape that would concern you playing center at that size in terms of some of the, you know, reaching a shade, play side shade, stuff like that? Some of the second level level movement things or even just A lot of times those nose tackles are like 6'1", 325. Any leverage or movement concerns? Because you just don't see very many NFL
2: centers that are 6'6", 328. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look back, I think there's always a couple in the league around that size. I think Brandon Linder is one for Jaguars right now. He's like 6'5", 6'6". You know, there's a couple always that are – I think Alex Mack is almost 6'5". Um, six, four. So, you know, he is on the higher end of size there. So that, that is something when you watch him that, you know, you're looking out for, but I didn't really see any concerns in that regard with mobility and quickness. I mean, I've, you know, posted clips of him reaching shades and getting out to the second level. I did a film room with him where we broke down 35 plays together. Um, And I think the thing that really stands out to me about him, aside from the obvious, which is he's a bully you know, he's Ryan Jensen, basically, um, but he's bigger, is his mental processing, I think, is outstanding. And then talking to him and breaking down tape with him, it only solidified that for me. Just the ability to not only get the calls right and make all the calls, but also to adjust on the fly and, you know, just cover gaps in the called play or the, the scheme that's being run, to be able to cover those gaps in the middle of a play the way he did. I mean, you know, that that type of stuff to me says, okay, this guy can come in right away and, you know, know, be a starter. Um, He also could play guard, though. That's the thing. He played guard against Tennessee in 2020, uh, dominant there. Um, So I think he can certainly play guard. I probably have the same amount of excitement and and belief in him at guard as I do center. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I saw really good mobility for a guy at his size. So – his ability to, to really bend and sink his hips and drop his pads, um, I thought was impressive. I mean, uh, the old Miss tape. He he faced a guy. I think his name's Katie Hill. He's six foot three twenty. Absolutely dominated that that dude. Um, and so he's faced smaller guys, you know, in the SEC last year as well as bigger guys. Um, I think if, if anything, when you watch his tape last year, he probably had the most trouble with Jordan Davis from Georgia. Who's a monster? You know, he's 6'7, 330. Um, you know, so a guy like that, I mean, with premier size, premier length, you know, he was able to stand Landon up a little bit, but then Landon was able to work underneath him on other reps. That was a great matchup to watch. Uh, that guy kind of reminds me of John Henderson, which, you know, that's another story, but he was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so that's the type of guy I thought Landon had more trouble with than the smaller guys. The smaller guys, he's just throwing those dudes around. Now, in the pros, you know, some of those smaller guys, I'm not saying he's going to go throw around Puna Ford or Grady Jarrett. But I think he's going to be able to match up well with those guys based on what I've seen. Um, I mean, I I just love the way he plays the game. I I think he's efficient on top of it. He's not just wild. Um, So, you know, but the processing to me on top of the physical stuff is what really sold me on him.
0: So Emory had Landon Dickerson, number two. We mentioned Josh Myers, number one. Number three, you got Michael Menett from Penn State. Uh, I I got some scoop here. I can give you guys some background here. I've known Michael since he was in ninth grade. Uh, His dad uh, came up to me and said, can you help me with recruiting? And I was like, nah, I don't really feel like it. And he's like, this is my son. He's like 6'4", 245 in ninth grade. I watched him run the 40. I was like, yeah, I can probably work with him. I can probably help you out there. This guy, uh, his I'll tell you a couple quick things on him. His short shuttle is like DB wide receiver level for Penn State. So, like, he had uh, unbelievable short shuttle. And then I watched him multiple times dunk in high school basketball games. I don't think there's that many O-line draftable prospects that you know, it's one thing to be able to dunk. Another thing to be able to dunk in a game, and Michael was able to dunk in high school basketball games, which I thought was really impressive. And not the big; he's like six four, doesn't have crazy long arms, so you could tell just the explosion that he had. What did you
1: see from him this year, Emory? Well, the fact that he's able to play with the right amount of balance, you know. So uh when the situation calls for power, he can win with power. When he calls for quickness, he can win with quickness. When it calls for him to use the length that he does have, he can win that way as well. So he's able to play many types of game, uh, games up front, and he was able just to dominate. I just felt like, you know, this is a guy that, that was cat-like quick, um, able to, to use that that functional power that I like to talk about, get guys up out the way, and his tape was consistent. So for me, is like, again, how can you, like, we'll see flashes of guys do great things, like, Take, for instance, a running back we will see a running back have a 60-yard run, right? And people will use that as an example. Well, yeah, he can do it. But, you know, every game should have not a 60-yard run, but you should have a burst like that to where potentially it could happen. And so when you don't see that, then I know you can't consistently do that. But for him, when you consistently see him do things and you see it game over game and you pick a game at random, that's why he started to grade out so high for me uh, because he was able to be consistent at his very best, which to me bodes well for him going to the next level. You know,
0: the guy, Brandon, I know you're high on as well, uh, is Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. He's another one. Remember when a couple years ago, when Oklahoma had four guys drafted in the first three rounds or first four rounds, it was like, um, you know, all kinds of guys got drafted. Yeah, I remember people that said that they thought the best of the bunch was their red shirt freshman center. Creed Humphrey and I was actually pretty surprised that he came back for 2020 I thought he would leave after 2019 because this is back in 2018 when they had like Powers and Orlando Brown and Bobby whatever his name is they had a bunch of guys uh Humphrey's another guy Brandon that he looks to me he's pretty thick for a center he's got that he's got a different type of Center, but there's a lot of centers nowadays that are like 6'2 to 6'4, 295 to 3'10. Humphrey at least looks to me like he's a more uh physical, more powerful center. And I think the concern, what I've heard, right, is that maybe he's not quite as agile as some of these other guys. What have you seen, Brandon?
2: Yeah, so what I saw on tape, that redshirt freshman year was so impressive um in 2018, uh, you know he's made every call uh, for the offense since starting that year. So for you know three years of making all the calls, um, and I think that you could see why post snap his ability to process things um, and make the you know make the right decision, show good spatial awareness. Um, he's very comfortable when he's uncovered and just trying to diagnose stuff. He he really protects each a gap very well in pass protection. I think. Um, so he's experienced and battle tested, you know, with a lot of big game experience as well. I think his competitive toughness is also very good, um, just the way he finishes blocks. And I think his play strength is also very good. Um, so if you have the strength, the toughness, and the smarts, I think that that's probably, you know, plus the experience and proving it against NFL competition. Um, you know, which he often did. I think you know that that just makes him somebody I'm very comfortable with. Um, he has a, he has a high level wrestling background <clears throat> as well, and you see that translate to well how well he's able to manipulate leverage on guys um, and just get guys leaning and off balance enough to where he's able to secure the block. I saw that consistently. Um, so th- there's a lot to like about him. Um, I think he's he's an older prospect going to be 24 years old week one. Um, So, you know, that's noted. Um, I think massive type of defensive linemen with premier length are going to be able to, you know, get inside his chest and control him a little bit, Um, you know, because I think he he does have below average length. That's probably one of the the knocks on him. But for center, there's a lot of guys with his type of length that are playing at a high level. Ben Jones for Tennessee has 32-inch arms. Um, You know, like, I mean, Shaq Mason plays guard, really short arms. So he's not Shaq Mason, but you know what I mean? There's, there's guys that have his below average length that succeed, especially at center, but there are situations as a pro where I think he will be able to, or be, you know, caught, you know, out of position and stuff like that. But, you know, that's, if you're trying to find weaknesses in his game, I think that's one of them. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think he's a pretty clean cut prospect to me. I think, you know, maybe probably won't ever be an elite starter, but I think he'll probably be an above-average starter for a long time. And, you know, those type of guys I like, you know, putting a good grade on um, for offensive line because it's not a guarantee that the technique and fundamentals are going to improve as a pro. It's not like they're getting all this technique and fundamental work as a pro. Um, So, you know, to, to be as clean as he is in that regard with enough of the physical traits and the experience, to me that just spoke, you know, high, you know, that he's gonna be a probably a good starter right away. Check these guys out on social media. At
0: Brandon Thorne NFL Outstanding. At F ball game plan on Twitter for Emery Hunt. Football game plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guy. We will keep it rolling next week. We're going to the defensive side of the ball. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out.